What's, What's up, up witches? witches? Hello, Velma Nightshade. Hello, Firelight. How are you? I am fantastic. How are you? I am phenomenal. We are sitting down. We are recording. We are doing what we love doing. It's a fantastic day. <laughs> it's a good day. Get, a good day. Getting it in under the wire in ju- uh, in July. <laughs> Only if you actually release it in the next three days. Oh, it's that'll so definitely happen. I've never, ever been late uh, posting our shows, ever. <laughs> you know, there are times like these when I am very glad that we do not record in the same place. Because one of these days, <laughs> a very large bolt of lightning is going to take you out. And I don't want to be next to you when that happens. <laughs> are you saying that I'm a liar? This is. I am saying that sometimes <laughs> what you say is not, strictly speaking, the truth. Well, okay. Well, we've got a lot to say because we implored you all on the last show, the last couple shows, but really the last show. Please, oh great goddess in the sky, send us topics. <laughs> well, I think begging is the word you're looking for. We begged. Well, we did. I, I mean, the title of the last show was This Is Your Fault. So, <laughs> well, it, it, that could be the title of this show as well. It because... very well might be, and and several shows going forward because you all responded. Yes, in droves, and thank you for that, and keep them coming. Yes, please. Uh, we'll go ahead and plug the email at the top of the show, incitingabruhaha at gmail.com. If you want us to answer your questions, take on a topic you don't think that. Uh, uh, has been responded to already, or you'd like a, a different angle on a topic, send us those show, uh, requests. It makes us sitting down and doing a show much, much, much easier, <laughs> knowing that we don't have to be original. <laughs> yes. Again, what episode number was the discussion of Christian Wicca? <laughs> I think was that it? was episode three. Wasn't episode that? three. That's what I wanted to say. Yes. Episode so if that's, three. If that's your question... Please there refer to episode three. Other than that, <laughs> definitely email us. Yes. Other than absolutely. that, definitely email us. Um, okay, so uh, how we're going to, I guess, format this show and, and the shows going forward is we're just going to take on your questions um, and answer them as much as we can and uh, then move on. So there's no um, cohesive show prep necessarily we're just going to be taking them in the order in which we received them so if we haven't gotten to it yet believe me you are on the list (laughs) we will it's just good it may take a while because yeah there's lots there are lots and what's really great is that we got lots of questions that aren't just like an email with a one-line question and that's the end of it we got deep insightful questions with long explanations and stories and just all sorts of stuff that really triggers thought, which is important. We got some very juicy questions, so I'm quite excited yes. for it. Uh, and yes. the first question was sent to us from Phil. Thank you so much, Phil, for writing into the show. He Thanks, asks, uh, hi, Firelight and Velma. Thank you, Philip, for spelling my name correctly. Appreciate that. Um, well, I thought you were going to thank him for naming you first. Well, I mean, alphabetical order does make sense. I mean, he's obviously got his priorities in order. Um, 
Oh, and I see he has an, an iCloud email address, which means he's a Mac user, which means you get double extra bonus points. Awesome, Phil. Um, anyways, will you please discuss your thoughts and experiences with house cleansing rituals or techniques? Uh, is there anything other than standard smudging that you suggest? Thanks for taking the time to put out the shows. I'm a very busy insurance professional and can only imagine what it's like to trying to squeeze a show out with two different schedules plus all the post-production. Yes, all that post-production that we do. All of the muchness of the post-production. <laughs> yeah, all 10 minutes of it. All 10 minutes of it. Um, well, thank you so much, Phil. Um, so, Velma, house cleansing rituals? Oh, there's an infinite number of ways to cleanse a house. It, just, you can pretty much do anything you want to cleanse a house. Um, one of the ones that I like the most if I'm not doing traditional smudging, which I do enjoy, I like I like the smell of a little sage or a little sweet grass in the house every once in a while. It lightens everything. But one of my favorites is using sound. And I don't typically like to walk around the house and make lots and lots of noise, you know, banging on pots with spoons or anything. Yes, I have done it, but it's not, <laughs> that's not necessarily what I mean by that. Uh, one of the things that I did when I first moved into my house, the very first item that I moved into my house was my stereo. And I set it up before I moved anything else into the house and I blasted music really, really loud and danced all around my big empty house. And yes, technically it was a, it was a new house at the time. It was a new built house. So there wasn't a prevalence of other people's energy hanging around necessarily, but it's still a good idea to sort of cleanse it and give it your own energy. And that was a really fun way to do that. But I also do think it was very, very effective. Um, it definitely made it feel like my house immediately. So that's, that's one of my favorite ways to do it. Uh, I like what you said about the dancing. I have found um, not just necessarily when I'm trying to to cleanse a space, but if I'm I'm just trying to raise energy to do something in general, I find that dancing is a really fun way to do that, and it doesn't feel like it, it. It feels a little bit more natural to me than the sitting down and the trying to you know meditate and get to a good space and you know visualize this energy or something. I feel like I'm physically raising that energy, which works much better for me. Well, and I think if what you're trying to do is raise energy that you're then going to direct into a specific item or for a specific purpose, uh, if you think about energy in terms of like visually, like think of it just for a second as like movie magic where you can see the energy, it's a lot harder, at least for me, to fill an entire house with energy sitting in one place. Now, if I want to direct it to an item or just straight up into the universe or down into the ground or whatever the case may be, that's fine sitting in one place. But if what you really want to do is a house cleansing or something like that, where you want the entire space to be incorporated into what you're doing, I definitely think you should be at least moving through the space somehow. I mean, you can burn a big bowl of sage in the middle of your house and hope that it gets everywhere, but it's going to be much more effective if you actually walk around the house and get the smoke or, you know, whatever, or sprinkle with salt water, however you want to do it, get it into all of those spaces. And if you want to use dance or music, get the music and the dance into all the areas of the house. 
I find um, that a lot of, uh, because I was actually asked this on Twitter a few days ago, unrelated, different person, um, was asking me for, for, you know, my thoughts on different uh, house cleansing techniques. And I find that when people ask that question, I think that they're asking for more of a, you know, a catch-all cleansing. But I think that there can be a lot of different kinds of things that you want to cleanse. Um, in your experience, Velma, is is there a catch-all kind of cleansing, or you know, do you do different cleansings for different kinds of work? Like if you feel like there's some bad spirits or something in your house, um, you know, is there a certain kind of cleansing that you'll do, uh, or uh, you know, if you're just trying to spruce up the energy or something like that? Um, there's not really anything. I've never really felt like I had bad spirits in my house or anything. Um, but I think it really depends on the mood that you're trying to set by your cleansing. I mean, if it's one of those things where it's sort of a yearly tradition, you know, it's like your spring house cleaning, um, you know, make it fun and and try to get as engaged and as energetic as possible. If it is a case where there is specific negativity that you want to get rid of I don't I would probably go a little bit more all out and I might I might incorporate dance and music but there would probably also be sage and probably also salt water and I would go around the house multiple times with multiple different types of energy to try to clear that out I think it really just depends on the situation and what the person doing it is comfortable with because if if you feel ridiculous, you're not conjuring the right energy. <laughs> I mean, yes, you're going to feel ridiculous sometimes, but like if if you're truly uncomfortable with what you're doing or you're so focused on trying not to set the carpet on fire with burning sage that you can't think about anything else or your cat <laughs> or your cat, or yes, cat. in my case. But I mean, if you're if you're doing something like that and you're really distracted by the method, even if it works for somebody else, you will be more successful with something you're comfortable with. You know, and I, I think we've talked about it before on the show, um, but I, I kind of find the notion of clearing out energy to be a little bit like um, when people get a little crazy with stuff like antibiotics. They just want to completely clear out their system, forgetting that... Um, uh, you know, some bacteria is good for you. It helps you digest things. It helps you, uh, you know, be a healthy person. Um, and, and so I find that, yes, you can go through your house with some white sage. And yes, it it will absolutely, you know, give you that squeaky clean energy uh, cleansing, or at least in my experience. But I, I find that I much more prefer a a uh, smudge bundle that doesn't just have sage in it, but might also have lavender in it or uh, some cedar in it or, you know, uh, sweet grass or, you know, something else that not just to, you know, get rid of the bad energy, but to maybe put a little bit of good energy back into the, uh, into the area. Um, you know, if you feel like there's some negativity going around, maybe don't put it back to a neutral state, maybe, you know, put it a few, uh, put your home at a few notches into the positive. Uh, that's what I at least try to do. Um, you know, I'll, I'll burn some sage or something, but, uh, I may prefer frankincense or like I said, uh, a bundle with some sage and some lavender to give the home a little bit more of a peaceful, positive vibe. 
Yeah, and it really depends on whether what you're trying to do is freshen the energy in the house or get rid of negative energy. Sweetgrass is fantastic. Well, it's it's used for cleansings and, you know, spiritual cleansing, ridding negativity, but it is also great for inviting positive good energies and spirits into a, a home. So if you really think that your space is in desperate need of a good thorough scrubbing, by all means, do the salt water, do the sage by itself, do all of that. But then before you end your ritual, go back through again with something else. Like you could use sweet grass or there's lots of other um, herbs or you could go around the house and place stones in the corners of the rooms. Or I mean, there's lots of different things that you can do to invite positive energy back in again once you've gotten rid of all that negativity. I, I like the idea of putting the stones around, um, you know, or other, you know, maybe put some nice incense or something out. Just basically, you know, filling it back up with positive space. I've, I've always said that I feel like uh, white sage is spiritual Clorox. <laughs> it kind of it kind of is, yeah. It, it or at least in my experience that's that's how I have experienced um, you know, using white sage and smudge bundles is it feels a little bit like spiritual Clorox. Yes, it clears everything out, but it clears everything out. <laughs> and if that's what you want, it will do it. Yes. It will absolutely do it. I just feel like, you know, it can get very clinical, very stale very quickly in your house and it it I feel like leaving it so blank and so open, um, it not necessarily invites that negative energy back in, but it doesn't necessarily put anything else, you know, in the air to combat that negative energy. So well, I like the idea of the stones. I like the idea of the lavender or the incense or something to put a little bit of that positive back. Yeah. And the last house cleansing that I did, and it wasn't a true full house cleansing. It was more a cleansing of a specific area of the house. Um, I did use just white sage because I had some pretty massive negativity that I needed to get rid of. And at the same time, I played some very sort of happy, soothing music while I was doing it. So yes, it did sort of Clorox the area. But at the same time, that music was helping to bring in a, a much calmer, happier peaceful energy through the music. So it's not like you have to burn multiple things in your house. You can incorporate different methods, if, you know, for each piece that you want to do. Um, a, a couple of really more specific things. There's an herb called Meadowsweet. Um, if you've ever had a disagreement with your loved one, um, your spouse, your partner, whatever, uh, and you're wanting to uh, maybe get rid of that particular specific kind of energy, I have found that utilizing Meadowsweet um, if, uh, in several different ways. A floor sweep, uh, as an incense, um, using it as a brew. I've actually found it really effective to um, use it as a brew to water a bouquet of flowers <laughs> that are also oh, cool. nice and sweet smelling. Um, so the Meadowsweet is known to uh, to affect loving relationships. And then you use that brew to help water flowers, which the nutrients of that brew will help the, the bouquet, which is also a very sweet, loving thing. You can 
add to it, you know, all sorts of wonderful flowers and stick that in the middle of the room. And it's, I mean, it's just a very cleansing, but very loving energy. Yeah. And since you say that, it's also, I mean, that's another thing that you could do to bring positive energy back in. Put fresh flowers. Absolutely. In the room and, you know, look through, um, you know, there's hundreds of different sources for the meanings of flowers, both the traditional meanings of flowers and the metaphysical uses of flowers. Find flowers that correspond with the type of energy that you want to bring into a space. Just make sure and, they're not fake flowers. Yes, make sure <laughs> they are not. Well, in, in this instance, yes. I don't think that it would be, it, it wouldn't be the same at all. Right, no, it wouldn't. The energy of the flower is what's important there because that's that's the energy you're inviting into your home. Um, uh, Another thing, and I have to thank my esteemed uh, co-hostess here, Velma, for this. Um, Bells. I have found if you're trying to relieve a very stress-oriented kind of energy, something maybe with work or just, you know, a a stressed feeling, um, a, a ringing of a really nice bell is a very cleansing experience, but it's also, I I have found, sort of helps to relieve tension, headache, stress, that kind of thing. Uh, And Francisco, um, it's this beautiful green bell, and when you ring it, it has this beautiful, light, airy sound that I have never heard from another bell and it is amazing. So, you know, spend a little time, try to find an amazing bell. I wouldn't get something online. I would definitely want to, to go around and ring it. But I have found that, that ringing that bell two or three times um, is, a, is a great way to cleanse and to bring some positivity into the space. And there's singing bowls and there's, I mean, there's all sorts of different options for using sound. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Which brings us all the way back to dancing. So See? <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I can't see you anymore. Why can't I see you anymore? Because you're a very lucky person. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's there. very... You, you know, they would never know it. They would <laughs> never know what just happened. I know. We did so well. And then you had it's, to spoil it. You know, I just... This is the kind of thing people want to hear about, apparently. <laughs> no, my Skype just crashed, and I yes. completely missed part of... Uh, all I heard was bells, and that was literally it. But. I was I was thanking you profusely for that beautiful green bell you gave me. Oh, and I yes. said that it has been wonderful, and yes, I have it in my living room. that's when my Skype cut off, is right when you were saying, I have to say thank you to my co-hostess, and then Skype goes, click... It's because, ah! because you're not meant to hear nice things. <laughs> At least not from you. No, no. Well, I, I don't even want to think about what would happen if you tried to tell me a nice thing. The, in, the it'll inter- never happen. <laughs> the internet would die. That would that would kill the entire internet. Well, then I better never do it. Huh? We, w- we would be back to to messenger pigeons. Um, So, Phil, I I hope that answers your question. Uh, I think we gave a couple of interesting specific uh, ways to uh, cleanse a house and put some positivity back into it. If you all have some ideas, please feel free. Insidingabruhaha at gmail.com. We will always be happy to follow up with some of those thoughts. Um, Velma, take it away with the next question. Oh, thanks for the warning. You're so welcome. Since we're just going to be bouncing back and forth, you know, it's very organic kind of thing. I said thank you. 
but it was sarcastic. So I guess that's why the internet didn't just die there. <laughs> um, I think Silver Shadow had sent us an email. Silver Shadow sent us an email, and I got to be honest, I love this email. We'll be there coming back so to it from time many to time. <laughs> there are so many questions in this email, which I love, but now I have to try to pick one. I'll let you pick one. Oh my goodness. So, Silver, do not worry. We will be coming back to this from time to time. By the way, I love your show. <laughs> many, yes, many, many times. Many, oh, many times. You, you will inspire shows for months and years to come. I'm trying to see things that, because we've touched on a lot of these things. I don't know that we've gotten into a whole lot of detail, but we have touched on a lot of these things before. Have we ever talked about technology and magic? I think we have, but I think that's a very good one to start. Sure. Um, one of the questions is mixing magic and technology. How do you strike a balance? iPods in circle, laptops with your script for ritual, etc. I know we have talked about this, but I think it's been a quite a while. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on that? Um, there was a book put out, I think the girl's name is Fiona Horn, um, but uh, she put this book out forever and ever ago, and I remember reading uh, a chapter where she said that she thought there was going to become a time, uh, there was going to become, <laughs> there was going to come a time <laughs> when uh, there was a laptop on every altar, and that technology and witchcraft were going to become incredibly intermingled. And, you know, it's so interesting that for somebody like myself, whose iPhone is practically surgically attached to his hand, I can't have electronics going on when I'm trying to do something even remotely spiritual. It is far too distracting for me. I will see, I will say squirrel and I will be done and that will be it and nothing will get done. Um, Did I tell you I have a squirrel? What? <laughs> Not like as a pet in my neighborhood. You have a real squirrel? Yes, I have a little brown squirrel and he comes to my bird feeder. And Aww. he's so cute. Sorry, you said squirrel? And we are literally being distracted by a squirrel right now. Exactly. I just want us to know. His name is Jack. In case His you name were is Jack the Squirrel. Yes. Wonderful. Yes. Wonderful. Invite him to the show, please. Um, He's not around at the moment. Okay. Um. Uh, no, I, I, so for me personally, um, as far as laptop with your script for ritual, so, you know, a, a piece of technology in ritual, in a, a magical circumstance, I can't do it personally because it's, it's far too distracting. However, um, I like the notion of having stuff like my Book of Shadows also on my iPad for reference. I like having witchy books on my iPad for reference. I like having things that I can pull up uh, and not, you know, no matter where I am and have my witchy library handy. I like being able to have my Book of Shadows handy. Um, so in that sense, I, I like having my witchy library there and I like having notes there and I like, you know, various apps that let me draw things and maybe I can, you know, digitally create uh, an icon or something that I'd want to use in a ritual. But as far as using them during that time, I can't do it. What about you, Velma? Um, it's funny because while you were talking, I was trying to picture myself with an iPad on my little book stand instead of a physical book with like, the script for a ritual or the wording for a spell or whatever on it. And I could almost see it, which was very odd because I've always been staunchly anti 
um, anti-electronic copies of things like that. But I don't know that I could, I don't know that I would actually want to do it because to me, the paper and the handwriting and all of that, that in and of itself lends a lot of energy to what you're doing. So I like the idea of having not only a physical book or physical papers, but also handwritten physical papers in in the circle or, or during a ritual or whatever. I have used uh, my iPod for music during ritual, and I have a little wireless speaker that I can put way up on a high bookshelf so that it sort of feels like the music is coming from wherever. It's, it's It really fills the space very well, as opposed to just having, you know, my iPod sitting on the altar playing music that the iPod's actually somewhere else because it's a little Bluetooth thing. It's very cool. Um, but for music, absolutely. Because I think incorporating music into ritual is not only fun, but can also help raise energy enormously tenfold above, you know, if it's, if it's music that really speaks to you, I think that can be enormously helpful, but I'm very old school. I, I have a couple of magical reference books on my Kindle. Um, I have the uh, Scott Cunningham herb book, and I have the Llewellyn correspondence book that I'm so in love with. And I really wish they would release Melody's book on Kindle. Please, please, please. I really want a digital copy of that book because that's the best rock book ever. Um, but I have really a few nice. things. I have a few things. But for the most part, I like that paper. I'm all about the paper. And, and something about, you know, lighting the incense and igniting the candle flame and getting it all going. And then that big, bright LCD screen. Yeah. <laughs> That it's somehow it just it loses something. I mean, it and I don't just, know. I guess I'm just an old person. Well, no, I mean, I don't feel like that makes me an old person. I just feel like that takes me out of the zone. And then, then all of the little notifications pop up, and and I just I can't. Yeah, that would be really really obnoxious. I mean, I could see do using something like an iPad where you just turn everything else off and you simply have a PDF document. I mean, you could definitely put it in, in airplane mode and so you don't get your notifications and all of that. But still, I mean, I just, I don't know. I feel like there's so much on it and so much going on. I, well, I, and, and if you think about it too, for the most part, when do you use your Book of Shadows? When my two sisters and I are trying to fight the Dark Lord. Okay. And when do you use your iPad? Um, about the same time, you know, anytime we need to come up with a, a chant to, to kill the source. So, you know. Okay. Normal people. <laughs> I'm a charmed their, one, is what I'm their, saying. <laughs> where did this come from? Harry Potter's on TV right now. Did you know that? I, well, I, Twitter I am told missing, me. I am missing watching... Okay, sorry. If there is anybody on the planet who quite literally has the books memorized, could probably speak them from rote memory, it is you. Why must you go see this this Harry Potter because, movie marathon? Because, I'm sorry, I have to go off on this tangent? I, I have to. Because, for some reason that I do not understand, ABC Family has footage from these movies 
that nobody else has. And it pisses me off because you have to watch it on ABC Family to see these like little extra scenes. I have watched every one of these movies on DVD. I've watched all the extras. I've watched all the deleted scenes, everything. I watch it on ABC Family. There is stuff in there that I have never seen before. It makes me so mad. It's not the, fair. Okay, sorry. Completely the movies, the movies make me mad. I mean, I, I can't. I can't. I just. Yeah. Well, we're not going to get into that debate again. But <laughs> suffice it to say, except for the last one, I do enjoy the movies. And the fact that they have extra footage that nobody else seems to be worthy of really makes me mad. Okay. So anyway, back to what I was saying. Most people use their iPad or their electronic device or whatever for all sorts of different things, right? But for the most part, the only thing that you use your book of shadows for is ritual or preparing for ritual or study of witchy topics. That is your record book, right? For magic specifically. So if you thought of it strictly from an energetic standpoint, the energy that has been put into a physical book of shadows, whether you've typed it up and printed it or handwritten everything, whatever the case may be, the energy involved in that is magical energy. The energy on your iPod has all your Facebook, it has all your Twitter, it has all your email, it has all your, it's got a lot of other stuff in the energy because when you're using it, you're using it for a lot of other things. So the argument could be made that that energy is more diffused, I think is the word I'm looking for, than the energy that would be in something that is strictly for magical purposes. I, I, I definitely agree with that. I think it's, it's sort of like, um, I don't know, using your kitchen knife for a ceremonial athame or something like that. Of course, then the kitchen witches are going to send me hate mail. But... <laughs> But of course, I feel like if you're doing kitchen witchery, the knife is is not really being used in a ceremonial sense. So, well, um, but and it could depend on your practice. I mean, if if what you do on Facebook is talk to your witchy friends and you know you play little witchy Facebook games and you talk about you know stuff that's witchy on Twitter, okay, maybe. But you know, for the most part, people use those kind of devices for all sorts of things. It's the same reason I wouldn't want to use my regular laptop in circle. I mean, my tax records for the last seven <laughs> years are on that computer. Like, seriously, like, why would I want to take that energy into circle unless that's, you know, something having to do with what I'm doing the, a ritual for? Right. It, it just seems like a weird amalgamation of energy that might not be beneficial. Yes. No, I agree. I, I, I think that it's... Uh... It, it, it's just a distraction all the way around for me in a in a ritual setting as a storehouse for knowledge and for books and for things like that. I think it's perfectly fine and it's wonderful and it's it's gotten me out of some pinches where I'm like, you know, I'm trying to remember these words for this particular blessing or I'm trying to remember these ingredients because I happen to be at the witchy store today and oh, I think I'm out of this and I kind of wanted to do this this week, uh, you know. So that hit, that is nice, but as far as you know. A tool of ritual. I don't know that it's going to be replacing my my brand new shiny bowling. Oh my gosh, you have to see this. Hold on. <laughs> really? You're really going to take your headphones off and walk across the room to show me? Oh, that's cute. Isn't it beautiful? That That's very cute. I know. It's a big old sickle knife. I love it. 
<laughs> it, it is definitely a big old sickle knife. Yes. No, that's very cool. Yep. I have my... Um, oh, I like how you put the little protective tip back on... <laughs> <laughs> I've got why, does it, why does it not have a little protective tip on the other end of the little crescent-shaped because, blade? Because the other end is not sharp. The other end is rounded. So this end is... You know what? You is... could still take somebody's eye out with that. I'm sorry. Probably. I mean, Absolutely. you know, the whole thing... So this is from Eliora. Uh, go ahead and plug her for a second. Her shop is Elegantly Enchanting on uh, Etsy.com. So she's just now started doing bowlings, and she sent me this one, and I it's just lovely. I just can't get over it, so I feel like everybody needs to see it. You know, seriously, and it's funny that you that you bring that up right now, um, because one of um, Silver Shadow's other questions was about tools, and specifically one of them was, like, you know, how do you polish athames and that kind of stuff. I actually don't know, but I need to find out too because I have a pair of knives. Um, one is a black handled, one is a white handled, and the white handled has pitting in the blade. And I do not know what to do about that. It's going to have to get serious love paid to it. So um, if I find out, I will share that because apparently other people want to know that as yeah, well. Yeah, I think, I think that's actually a good uh, question to do. So tools, how can how you can find them for cheap or make them, tips and tricks with them. Uh, he says like chalices that are dishwasher safe or how to clean and polish athames with wine stains. Uh, oh, and uh, a way to plug our favorite online crafters. Um, there you go. <laughs> yay. Elegantly enchanting.etsy.com. Eliora, get your bowlings here, right here, folks. Bowlings, get your bowlings. Actually, okay. I gotta say, it's really good and, and it actually fits my hand, which is rare. Um, I have big giant maws here. Um, I think that's a mouth. Why did I? <laughs> well, it fits. Sure. Um, anyway, mitts. I think that's what I was trying to say, mitts. Um, no, no, it's not. Um, well, Velma, what about you? Tips, tricks, tools, cheap, cheap tools. Um, keep your eyes open at all times. Um, I have only been like to Goodwill type places a couple of times, but every once in a while you can find neat stuff there. Um, I actually found a really, really cool chalice at an antique store. And it was, it, it's not at all what you would think of as a traditional chalice. It's pottery, which I thought was very, very cool. And it sort of has a um, vaguely like trumpeted um, bowl at the top. And then the, the base is just, it's not carved, but it's, you know, it's shaped clay and it has little clay, um, seashell and pearl incorporated into the base. So it's very, very much sort of a watery sea like creation. Um, I never would have expected to find that there. And I never would have expected that I would have a chalice that fit that description. But as soon as I saw it, I went, there it is. I've been looking for one of those for a long time. So I would say just keep your eyes open. As far as making your own, I mean, I guess, you know, if you're skilled at the kind of handicrafts required to make some of these tools, I mean, I couldn't make a knife 
if you pay me. Like, I, like seriously, like, how do you do that? Like, I, I don't know. I would like to know, but I don't. So, you know, Buckland can tell you all you he mean, wants. That you mean you, you don't make a knife? Are but you trying to tell people you don't have your own forge? I do not have my own forge, and and can I tell you that makes you a bad pagan? <laughs> no, you can't. Um, <laughs> Now, you know, much to Buckland's chagrin, because I believe there is an entire section in the Big Blue Reader about how to make your own athame. And, you know, I I will take his word for it on a lot. If I'm going to make a knife, I'm going to go to somebody else for instructions. That's all I'm going to say, because, yeah. Um, You know, I find that the altars that I'm most jealous of are the ones where it doesn't look anything like what's in a book somewhere. <laughs> like when I see these pictures and, and every now and then, you know, some blogger or some, something like that will have, you know, hey, let's all show pictures of our altars. And as I'm going through those, uh, you know, little websites or tumblers or whatever of just people submitting their altar pictures, the ones that I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so jealous of that are the ones that are set up in a way that feels very organic to whoever that person is. Um, and it's whatever is on that altar obviously means something to that person. And I think we've talked a, a little bit about tools before, but I mean, I started off with an altar that had, you know, the generic 101 pagan stuff. So I had the little silver chalice that I think every yep. metaphysical store has, like these days between five and ten dollars. Mm-hmm. And I had the little athame, the little wood handle athame that you can get. And I had yep. the little cast iron cauldron. And mm-hmm. I mean, I had the little everything. And I had all of the stuff. And it was basically like you flipped through the Azure Green catalog and outfitted your altar. And none of it meant anything to me. Yeah. I mean, no, I did the same I mean, thing. It was sweet. I mean, it was sweet in the beginning because it's like, oh my gosh, it's this new thing. I have to say, it's really cool how the light is hitting your little crescent moon thing. I don't know if you can see your own video feed. <laughs> I, I can. But it's like you have glowing moon boobs. I'm just <laughs> letting you know. I think that's the first time anybody has ever used that expression, at least in, in my presence. Also, that's now the title of the show. <laughs> uh, thanks. You're quite welcome. Um, but no, so... Over the the past, oh gosh, I don't know, five years or so, I finally decided that I wanted an altar that other people would, you know, be like, oh my gosh, that that really fits you. Um, And it wasn't, I mean, uh, okay, the way that worded it sounded like I was trying to make an altar for other people. (laughs) It did, actually. It really, really did. But what... What I'm trying to say is that I wanted an altar that looked like it was my altar. That if you saw a picture of that altar, that it looked like, oh, that that's, you know, that's Firelights, you know. Yeah. That, that definitely fits him because it's things that I had collected. You know, it's a it's a collection that I have curated. It's not, uh, it, nothing has gone on my altar lightly. A lot of stuff has been taken off and thrown, uh, thrown away. And I find myself throwing more and more away every year. I mean, just a couple months ago, I did a big old cleaning of the altar slash study room. Um, and I threw a whole bunch of stuff away. I mean, uh, you know, I know just from going places and, and just from over the years buying things, I had accumulated all these oils and all these, this bag, these bags of incense and herbs and stuff. And I was like, when was the last time that I used this, I don't know, mugwort? 
I, See, I, and I hang on to all of that stuff. Like oils, obviously, if they go bad, I'm not going to hang on to it. But yeah, I, I hang on to all of that stuff. But I mean, specifically talking about your altar, I think everybody goes through the initial, well, I need a this and I need a that and I need the next thing. And so you sort of buy what you can get. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that there's necessarily anything wrong with that because it does get you to it, it gets you to a place where you can figure out, okay, which tools do I really like working with and which tools do I definitely want to in- keep incorporating? But I think some people are surprised to find out that y- you know, you think when you start out studying witchcraft, okay, I need an athame. So I'm going to order this athame and it's going to be my athame and I'm going to have it forever and ever and it's going to be my very favorite thing. And, you know, some people can do that. But in my experience, tools do tend to come in and out of your life. And to be honest, the knives that I have right now, I will have forever. It's just, that's just how it is. But... I just acquired a new chalice. The The pottery chalice that I told you about mm-hmm. is actually not the one that's on my altar anymore. I still have it because I think it's beautiful. But in terms of using for ritual, that moment in its life has sort of passed. And, you know, I'm on to something else. So don't think that, oh, well, I already have one of those. I'm seeing one that I really, really, you know, it really, really draws me to it. And I love it. And it's just absolutely the most fantastic tool ever but I already have one. So, you know, I mean, if it's, if it speaks to you, maybe the time has come for a change. Right. Um, I, I, uh, for years that, that little silver chalice just had to sit on my altar because that was the only chalice and I didn't have anything. And I finally said, you know what? I'm going to wait. I'm not just going to order something that looks pretty online. I'm going to wait until I find the right thing. And then finally, like last year, year before, I found the Pure One Chalice that I went berserk on Twitter about. Um, and it was a dollar on clearance. Uh, so I spent a dollar on my chalice, but I'd waited years for it. But it's glass. It's not pottery. It's not silver. It's not, you know, a lot of the traditional... Uh, it's a wine glass, but it's thick glass that's nice and sturdy, and it's blue, and it's got pretty swirly blue globs of glass all over it. And to me, it said water. It said goddess. It said all the things that the chalice is supposed to represent. It also said a dollar. So... <laughs> And you don't have to spend a lot on on ritual tools. You really, really don't. Um, I'm not going to lie. I have spent a fair amount of money on ritual tools in the past. Uh, um, you, I mean, this, not this was not amounts. cheap. <laughs> yeah. This pretty, pretty bowling was not cheap, folks. Yeah. I mean, good knives typically aren't cheap. No, and that's the um, thing. That I will, I, you find the things over the years. It's kind of like clothing and a good wardrobe. You find the things that you you know not to spend money on, but then you find the things that you know to spend good money on yeah. because they are the things that are going to last you for years. And a good knife like that is definitely worth the the price. Yeah. So I, really just keep your eyes open. If you want to make something, I mean, I have made several different like altar tile type things in the past. That's something I'm relatively comfortable with because for the most part, I can draw straight lines um, and, and circles if I have a, Protractor, um, isn't that what that's called? A little spinny thing? No, yes, yes. that's a compass. no protra- uh, compass. compass. There we go. Compass. Protractor is the one that's a half circle. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean that's something that I'm comfortable with, and I have done in the past. 
But if you have a forge in your backyard um, <laughs> and you want to make yourself a knife, have at it. Um, you know, and I, I just to go back to a point that you, you said earlier, wait for the stuff. You don't have to have all of the stuff right now. Um, you know, and that's how a lot of us accumulated all of that. You know, we, we discover paganism, we discover witchiness, and we want the altar. So we go out and we, we spend the $50 to get the kit, <laughs> the, the generic yeah. kit. And I have to say, I don't know that I ever really used that cauldron. And then I got a very pretty copper cauldron. And to be perfectly honest, it's mostly decoration at this point. I don't know that I've ever really used that for much more than a place that I put incense every now and then. Uh, it's if I'm cooking, that's not what I use on the stove. Like if I am boiling up a brew or something that's going to be used for a magical purpose, I use a pot. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, I use a pot and I don't feel bad about not having a special pot for that. And, and there may come a day when I, I spend good money on a usable cast iron cauldron. But I mean, I mentioned earlier that the bowling actually fits in my hand which was a big thing for me, something that was actually a useful, usable tool that felt like a real knife with some substance. Because I find that a lot of the times, those sort of generic, you know, you get a chalice and you get a chalice and you get a chalice, super cheap, you know, mm -hmm. uh, tools, they're either too small or too cheaply made to be useful. Frequently, yes. And yes. I mean, I find but that- But I will say, you, I mean, if you're, if you're just starting out, and you really want, you know, get get a wine glass to use as a chalice. Get a wine you know, glass. Get a, you know... I mean, what did you think a chalice was in the beginning? A chalice was just what people drink out of. It's a cup. Well, for ritual purpose, it is a special cup. Yes, it is a special cup. But that's really the end of the definition. It does not have to be... It doesn't have to have any other specifications to it. It's just a special cup. So find a special cup. And if, you know, see if you like working with the chalice. You may not. You may decide, you know, I, I don't use this. It's not it's not useful to me at all. I don't relate to this. And, but and then I, you won't have done. spent the money to get a really fancy chalice when it turns out that that's not really a tool that you feel connected to what i've done in the past i mean this was years ago before i i had a lot of tools um was if i okay i knew that i was going to uh to need a work a, a workable knife like a, a knife that i could actually chop stuff with uh i was gonna need a uh a couple other things and i was gonna need uh you know a bundle of sage or something like that well the tools I just used what was in my kitchen, but I, I put together a little um, pot and I filled it with salt water and I blessed them with salt water and then I ran them through some sage smoke and then boom, special tools. And that's totally fine too. I mean, you can use what you have. And then when it was all done and over with, I washed them and I put them back in the drawer and they were just kitchen utensils at that point. But for a little while, they were special tools. And I think that that is a very good way to do it until you find the things that fit you best. Because if you if you are trying to use things that are just going to work for right now, I don't feel like you're going to get as much of a connection and as much of a good experience with them. I don't think you're going to get all out of it that you uh, could get. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, I, I agree with that. It, it You shouldn't just be using one for the sake of using one. Right. You should like 
the one that you're using, but that doesn't mean that you have to go out and buy one special or, you know, order one from some, you know, exclusive Swiss chalice company or whatever, you know. Though if you own a Swiss chalice company, we don't mind sponsorships. (laughs) No, or free samples. Or free samples of your Swiss (laughs) chalices that are so prevalent in Swiss, Swiss land. Hey, you never know. You, sure. Hey, Waterford Crystal comes from Ireland. Very, maybe I should have. Maybe I should have said Ireland. There you go. So let's get some Irish. Fancy Irish chalices. I actually have wine glasses from Ireland that are Waterford Crystal. I have not actually used them as a chalice, but I may try that now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you you might. Get is that like, out like of it. a little bit beyond pretentious? Like is that sort of pushing that that line? I I mean. I, I do I like think it to, is. Yeah. I, th- I think it is a little bit. <laughs> um, so anyways, there you go. Tools. Yep. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's your turn to find an email. Oh, okay. Um, Stephanie, I don't know what this email says, so we're just going to go in blind. Yay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Firelight and Velma. Thank you for your recent show. I've been feeling in a funk lately. Glad to know I'm not the only one who wants their witchy back. Yay! Uh, Here's a question I've been wondering for a while. Uh, What's your take on doing more than one spell in the same sitting? Do you think it's better to break down a more complicated spell into little baby spells during the same session? Aw, baby spells. Baby spells. Baby spells. Um, I don't know what voice that was. I apologize. (laughs) I don't know. Sorry. It was kind of shrill, actually. More shrill than normal? Yes, actually. (laughs) Oh, sweet mother. Uh, On a similar note, do you think there should be a waiting period on performing a spell? Example, would it be cool to perform a healing spell two days after a prosperity spell that hasn't been fulfilled yet? Uh, Also, if you're looking for topics, could you address doing the stuff even when you're not in the mood or tired? Okay, well, first things first. Yeah. More than one spell in the same sitting. So... I wish she'd have provided an example. <laughs> I can give you an example. Okay, that would be great. Um, traditionally, what I do at Halloween is a basically two or three hour long spell marathon. And I pick out eight or ten spells for different purposes Um Sometimes not quite that much, or I'll have several spells and, um, you know, I'll, I'll do some divination. I'll do a tarot card reading or something like that in this big, long, I think of it as a ritual, but I mean, technically it's a big, long spell casting session, basically. And what's interesting is that occasionally, and usually on Halloween, I have done this at other times of the year as well, but on Halloween, I don't seem to have a problem maintaining energy throughout the whole thing. My only word of caution sitting down to do multiple spells at the same time is think about the amount of energy you're putting into a spell. Now, if you are relatively proficient with drawing energy up from the earth or from a, you know an external source of some kind and then channeling that into your spell work it will be easier for you to do multiple spells at the same time but if you find that you do a spell and you're exhausted afterwards because you've expended so much of your own energy into it first of all work on energy work but 
it's probably not going to be a good idea to do multiple things. But if you can maintain that energy or you have a way of drawing energy in from other sources to feed all of the spells successfully, I don't see anything wrong with that. Now, I would caution against doing multiple spells that are designed for the same outcome at the same time. Because you got to give it a chance to do its thing, right? You can't just do four prosperity spells all at the same time because you really need $100. Because, I mean, that just... That's overkill. That's pointless. It's you're wasting energy at that point. Pick one and do it. But if you want to do, you know, a, a spell for a hundred dollars and a spell to, you know, increase your self confidence and a spell to, I don't know, protect you while you have upcoming travel. Those are three different aims. And I think if you can keep the energy going, absolutely you can do more than one at the same time. That's just to answer the first part of the question. Yeah, I mean, I, I see where you're going with it. I See, I actually kind of thought differently, uh, I, I, unless I'm mistaken. So, um, Well, I, doing more than one spell in the same sitting. Right. So that's how, that's how I would interpret what, what that means. Well, no, I, I just meant, um, I think when you said you wouldn't do more than one of the same kind of spell? I, I wouldn't sit down and do five prosperity spells, one in a row, boom, 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 boom. I, I wouldn't I mean, do I, that. I guess I took it to a different place because I was thinking, okay, I'm sitting down and doing healing magic. So who are all of the people in, that I know um, that that I would currently like to send some healing energy to or cast well, a see, healing spell for? But see, to me, that would kind of be lumped together in one. It would be, I'm it, the way I would do it anyway, I would do healing work and while I am raising energy for that I would be thinking about all the different people or naming all the different people so it would be one action that's designed to send energy in multiple directions but I, I guess to go to your point of uh, you know I would uh, do a prosperity spell and then a courage spell and then a love spell or something like that see that I think I would not do in the same sitting because I feel as though it takes you out of a headspace um, that you have to be in to do magic, or at least in my experience, in my opinion. Um, so if I'm sitting down and I have my mind wrapped around a prosperity spell and prosperity magic and abundance and that kind of thing, I think switching over to a courage spell or a weather spell, or something like that. I, okay, I'm done with my paycheck spell, so now I want to make it rain next Tuesday. And I, I feel like it, it's so unrelated and such a jump. Um, I don't know that either of those things is going to be effective, or at least not the second one. <laughs> at well, least and not I, for me. <laughs> and I do think, I mean, I don't necessarily go from one straight into another. I think it really sort of depends on your ability to reset your mind and to focus. I think that has a lot to do with it. But I also think, you know, find, find your little magical coffee bean. You know, when you go into like a, um, a, a store where they sell lots of perfume or things that smell, there's always a dish of coffee beans so that after you've smelled the rosemary, you can smell the coffee beans to sort of clear out your palate before you smell the, 
vinegar or what, whatever the other thing is. So the, the second smell is not tainted by the first. Right. I think there are ways of, you know, taking a moment, grounding, centering, whatever the case may be, to sort of clear the slate while you're still in that magical mind mindset and then move into a different topic. And, you know, for some people that may not work that you may just not be able to distance your mind enough from the previous working to have the second one be successful. I have had things like that be successful. So, I mean, I can really only speak from my own experience, but I do think it is really, really easy to wear yourself out very quickly if you're trying to do spell after spell after spell and you're depending on your own energies, only your own energies to to be the, the source of the spark for those. That's definitely another aspect of it is, you know, your your personal energy, your personal little pool of spiritual energy definitely getting depleted every every spell you're doing and i i feel like even just a few moments of sniffing the coffee at least personally i don't know that i would can do that now i feel like you can maybe combine ritual and spellcraft and i i define i just for the purposes of this conversation ritual as communication with the divine um yeah you know a a prayer setting a you know a ritual to honor the spirits or honor Aphrodite or whoever. I feel like you can honor Aphrodite and then do a love spell or honor Aphrodite and then do some prosperity magic or something like that. But um, because I don't feel like you're giving of yourself and then giving of yourself some more. Well, makes. and I think, I think part of that goes back to what I was saying about where is the energy for your spell work coming from? Because if what you're doing to power your spell is pulling energy up from the ground and out into say you know a, a tumbled stone or a candle or something like that that you're then going to burn and th the energy will disperse as the candle burns if you're doing it correctly or at least from my understanding of how this works if you are correctly pulling energy and channeling it, you're not actually really using up much of your own energy in the process. You're just sort of acting as the funnel and the um, basically you're defining what that energy is. You're pulling up, you know, standard earth energy and you're giving it an intent and then you're put you're casting it out into whatever the, the item is the um, or or into the universe. Yes, you are the conduit. You are not the source, which that can also make a big difference in how oh, tired you get. Yeah, if you're if you're channeling the peaceful energy of your amethyst to do a peace spell, then that might be a different story from you right. trying to summon up some of your own energy and turn it into peace magic. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now she does. She does also say, "Do you think it's better to break down a more complicated spell into baby spells during baby this spells. session?" Um, I don't know that it would be. And the reason that I say that is because ultimately the goal of all those baby spells is the same. And you're going to want to give each piece time to do its thing before you start compounding more energy into it. It, it, it would almost be, in my experience, it would be easier to do a big complicated something that you're really, really focused on than try to split it up into multiple pieces 
that you're then going to have to try to, you know, create or generate the energy that is similar to previously. Like, you know what I mean? I I like the break it up into little baby spells, but not during the same session. (laughs) Well, and that's what I'm saying is, you know, if you want to break it up into baby spells, don't do them all at once. I would probably go all out and do the whole big thing just because I like to do that. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's sort of my thing. (laughs) But but if you want to break it into pieces, give the pieces time to work between. Yeah, no, like if you're if you're wanting a better job at work uh, spell or a, a better work experience spell or something like that, then maybe you're doing your honey jar spell at home, but then you go and you sprinkle some lavender or something like that around your workplace or you, uh, you know, do some other peaceful magic at work. Um, maybe you even anoint your boss's office with some you know essence of bend over or something like that um well and it's a real thing i i know it is that's why i only chuckled um (laughs) but no and that's something where if you want to break it into that kind of of you know little little pieces like that where each piece may or may not depending on your definition of spell actually constitute as a spell on its own I mean, I, I'm not sure I would consider dabbing oil on somebody's desk as a full spell, but it is certainly a magical act. You know, gather those things together and bless them, enchant all of those little items. And then as you disperse those things, then you're going to, you know, have the continuation of that energy. In multiple places. What is so flippin' funny? I was about to make a very dirty joke involving the words bend over and magic and it... Nope. <laughs> yeah. No. Let's, let's not <laughs> This is a friendly family show, folks. <laughs> let's not go there. With the glowing moon boobs. Um, yes. So. <laughs> well, there's nothing overtly dirty about that. I am clothed. I just happen to be wearing a necklace that's a moon. She um, is butt naked, folks. I am not. I am looking at Velma's nightshade. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know what that means either, but I can guarantee if you were, you would be screaming and running from the room. <laughs> So yes. we're pretty sure that you're not. Okay, so back to back to this email from Stephanie. She yes. also says, do you think there should be a waiting period on performing a spell? Um, for example, performing a healing spell two days after a prosperity spell when the healing or when the prosperity spell hasn't been fulfilled yet. Um, I don't I don't think there's a conflict here because your targets are totally different. Um, if you were doing a money spell for a hundred dollars. And you cast that spell on a Saturday. And on Monday, you still haven't gotten your $100, so you cast another spell for $100. Unless in the spell you said, within the next 36 hours, I want this to materialize, it may not have had a chance to work yet. And doing additional spells for the same end result, I I don't know that that's going to necessarily get you anywhere. But when your aim is different... Absolutely. If if you if you want to take two days to get your energy back, and that's all the time you need, I don't see anything wrong with that. I will say I think the exception is healing magic, um, and I I don't know that I would necessarily say you know big full blown healing rituals should be done all the time. But if you want to send somebody healing energy, you know a few times a day 
you know, if it's somebody who's battling something like cancer or, you know, some kind of serious long-term illness, I, I don't think you need to wait <laughs> until the first time you sent them healing energy, you can see tangible results. I think that's something that you can sort of continuously send that energy um, and I don't, I don't see anything wrong with that. Yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of do magic when you need to do the magic. If you need to do a healing spell on Monday and then something comes up and you feel like you need to do some quick money magic on Wednesday, I, I mean, do it when you need to do it. Um, mm -hmm. I, I don't, of course, that also goes into the whole conversation of I don't feel like if you need to do the spell now that you have to wait until the proper moon phase when Jupiter is next to Uranus. Down no, next I, week. I mean, do it when you yeah. need to do it. Yeah, no, I agree as with that. As long as you're following Velma's uh, aforementioned sort of rule of make sure that you have given yourself enough time to charge your your own batteries. Make sure that you are feeling good. If you've been doing energy work and energy work and spells and spells and energy work, I don't know what you're casting with. <laughs> I mean, you get to a point where it's like, I don't know what you're casting with. At some point, you're just saying words at a candle. I don't know that you're you've got much of anywhere to go with that. So, Velma, your microphone. Oh, sorry. There you go. <laughs> there we go. This is twice. You've had the technical difficulty and it's not me. Doing so well. Yep. Yep. Good job. Good job. Uh, and see, now I forgot what I was going to say. Um, no, I was just saying that uh, I, I, you were about to comment on um, what are you casting with? You know, if you don't, if you have expended all of your energy, what is it that you're casting with? And then you look had a look of brilliance and you looked like you were making the most eloquent point ever. I was. Really? I was. And now I have Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. We're all waiting. <laughs> I'm waiting. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's the look. No, <laughs> Several um, authors, and I, I'm sorry, I can't name them right off the top of my head, but I, well. I have read it several by several different authors, the suggestion that if what you are doing a spell for is something that you will see tangible results, not necessarily something like, I want to feel better about myself, but something like, I, I need $100, um, put a time limit on the spell. And not a completely unreasonable time limit, but, you know, say within the next 30 days, I need $100 extra for XYZ. Because not only does that let you know, okay, well, it's been 30 days, I could recast that spell again now because I, I had instructed that energy to take that long to do it, um, but it also... I think it also sort of subconsciously helps you keep your eyes open a little bit more. <laughs> it helps you be more cognizant because it's almost like, okay, you're counting down the time that the spell has left to materialize in your head. And so I think sometimes that can make you a little bit more alert to possibilities that may be the spell doing its thing. The other thing I was going to say that I just now remembered um, and it's gone again, man. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Make your point. Nope. I was going to say we can go to the last part of Stephanie's email. Oh, that's horrible. Cause I actually had another thing I was going to say. And I forgot then go ahead. I forgot. You'll think about it tomorrow. <laughs> It'll wake me up bolt upright at three o'clock in the morning. That's tonight. fine. That's totally fine. 
Um, okay, doing the stuff when you're not in the mood. Uh, she says, I've got four hours of commuting a day. Yuck. That's yuck. Right yeah, that's, that's... I'm so sorry. I did five hours of commuting before, and you distinctly remember our phone conversations during that period of my life. Yes, sadly, I do. I was not a happy camper during those No, and I hours. would like to say thank you so much for calling me frequently while you were driving for five hours in horrible traffic. Downtown Chicago, complaining rush Complaining about all the awful people, all the <laughs> awful drivers... And it's so funny because the, the commute was so long. I would be, I would call you and you were on your way home to work, uh, uh, home from work and home to work. There you go. Home what? from work. And, uh, and, and then we'd hang up that we'd chat a while. We'd hang up the phone. I'd call you back a little while later. You're in the middle of dinner. I mean, it's just so yep. funny. My, my commute was so long. Your entire evening took place <laughs> during my commute. I, yep. We'd be on the phone and it's like, listen. I'm going to bed now. Yeah, pretty Stop much. Stop calling me. I hope <laughs> you get home soon. Yeah, pretty much. So, um, but no, she says she has four hours of commuting a day. And the last thing I feel like doing is conjuring energy at 4.30 a.m. or when I get home. It's a shame I have such an awesome witchy room. I miss it. Well, send us pictures of your witchy room. I do want to see it. I, I mean, what's to stop you? You can attach things to an email. What the heck? How are you going to tell us about your awesome witchy room and then not show it? Come on. Pics or it didn't happen. Um, of the glowing moon boobs, you. What I mean? What are you? What are you conjuring at four thirty a.m.? <laughs> Caffeine. Well, no, that's that's what she says. The last thing I feel like doing is conjuring energy. She's what? talking about you know raising up energy to to do the stuff. But I mean, what is the what is the stuff that I mean? If, I don't know. It, what is the stuff that you feel like needs to be done on a daily basis? I, I mean... Well, and I think that's sort of for for everybody right. to determine. If what you're trying to do is is get yourself into a routine of doing magical things every day, they don't necessarily have to be things that are done at home in the witchy room. You know, you can try to find things about your everyday experience that are witchy or you can you know when you're on a break at work you can you know take a couple of minutes and you know raise some energy and I then mean, if your again. commute if your commute is on public transit that's a whole lot of sitting that you have to do um, yeah i mean if you're driving for that time that's one thing but yeah if you're on a train or something yeah i mean if you're if you're doing public transit pop on some of your witchy music pop on a really nice instrumental i mean go to pandora uh, I'm, you know, I'm, you've got access to technology, I'm sure. Uh, you're listening to us on something. Pop on Pandora, turn it to like a really nice classical or new age section or something. Listen to some nature sounds and just get yourself into the right headspace. You can raise that energy right there in that uh, on that bench seat if you really need to. You can take yourself out of your physical place and, and put it in a, a witchy headspace. And that's all you need. Yeah. The question is a little bit more, well, it's a little bit less focused on the, the commuting than it is about, well, I'm not in the mood. Right. I'm tired. I, I don't really feel like doing it, but I I want to be a good witch and I want to do the stuff. You know, for $5, you can get a bottle of caffeine pills and you can get 100 caffeine pills for like $4. And that will definitely put you in the mood to do stuff. Just I, saying. I do not endorse the idea of hopping yourself up on caffeine pills 
to do magic. I think that may very well be the worst suggestion I have ever heard in the history of ever. <laughs> I was told. That's what you do when you have a term paper due the next day. <laughs> it's not what you do when you have magic that needs to be done. That's how I get through my retail days, dear. But that's not but that's not ritual. <laughs> no. I guess what I'm saying is if you need to wake up, do whatever you have to do. To what I up. have what I have noticed, um, because I have recently been getting much more in touch with the witchy and and all of that, is that energy exercises, energy work. And I've talked about this many, many times. There's a fantastic book of energy exercises. Um, that are a lot of them are quick and simple and easy, but they really sort of flex your your muscles energetically speaking. Um, yes, I see you flexing your muscles. Um, but it's kind of like physical exercise. Once you start doing it for a few days, you have more motivation to keep doing it. You find that you want to do it even though you're tired. You don't get tired as quickly. You know, it's one of those things that if you get in the in the routine of doing it, even when you're tired or unmotivated, being in that routine will help. And it will it can help a lot. Um, yes. It's kind of like going to the gym. When you I first start going Yes, but when you first start going to the gym, it's most painful. people most people really don't like it. And you try to find excuses to not go and you oh, kind of go honey, eh. years of going and you still try to find excuses not to go. It's but you but have to go miss, in uncomfortable clothing and lift heavy things and run fast and sweat and stink. Well, the way you do it. I'm sure not everybody who goes to the gym does that. I used to go to the gym before work when I when I still worked in radio on the morning show. I used to get up and go to the gym at 2.30 in the morning every day. And I used to go swimming. And I loved it. That sounds awful. That sounds like the hell. Which part? The swimming or the 2.30 in the morning? 2.30 in the morning should not exist. Five o'clock in the morning. Did it not exist, exist yesterday? Because as I recall, when I spoke to you at 11 o'clock last night, you said you were trying to stay up until two o'clock in the morning. And so, I did. Thanks to Hulu and Netflix. Thank you. And you know what? I would be willing to bet you were probably still up at 2.30. Yeah. Well, yeah. But it shouldn't have existed. I should have entered white exist. space then. It should, have, it should have become static. The world should have dissolved. I'm well, you know what? When you have to be at work at like four, if you want to go to the gym before work, you got to be at the gym at 2.30. That's all I'm saying. But but no, when you first start doing it, it can be really, really hard. But once you've got a routine down and once you start seeing results, whether that's out of physical exercise or out of, you know, daily spiritual practice or you know, energy exercises on the bus, whatever the case may be, once you start seeing how it's changing, you know, causing changes in your life, you're going to be more motivated to, to do it. And I think what you said after a few days of like not going to the gym, you start kind of feeling bad about not going to the gym. I mean, it's just, it's not, I feel bad about going to the gym. It's, I am noticeably less energetic. I feel 
a little you bit feel sluggish. different. Yeah. And I feel like when you start feeling that way, that is the best impetus to go back and doing it. Yeah. Now, when you've been in that sluggish space for a while, that becomes your new normal. Right. Um, and it's a little harder to get back into it. But if you're starting to feel that sluggishness, if you're starting to feel that, God, you know, if your thing is I meditate for 10 minutes before I, you know, as soon as I wake up, I go into my whatever other little room or sacred space or whatever I create for myself to do that. And I meditate for 10 minutes. And if you hadn't been doing that this week, you're probably feeling, you know, a little off. You're probably feeling like, you know, I really need that time. Give yourself that time. Now, yeah. if if you're trying to take on some huge challenge, you know, trying to take on way too much of a space of time, you know, if you're saying, okay, listen, I'm going to meditate for an hour in the morning and an hour at night, I'm going to use my lunch break, I get an hour long lunch break, so 30 minutes of that's going to be meditating, and maybe if that's too much for you, maybe cut it back a little bit. <laughs> I can't imagine who that wouldn't be too much for. <laughs> that, just, that just sounds like way too much meditating. But I mean... We all know folks. I got that, stuff I got to do. Well, but we all know folks that are like, oh, well, I spend my mornings doing this witchy thing. And then I do this witchy thing in the afternoon. And I do with this witchy thing all weekend. And, you know, if you can't keep up with that, um, you know, it, for those of us in a working world that work a 40, 50, 70 hour work week and have a huge commute and all of that, sometimes doing the stuff means doing the stuff you can do. Well, and... I would also encourage you to look for ways to make the things that you do every day more magical. Yes. For example, I, I'm assuming that at some point you take a shower, come up with a, you know, a, a water blessing or a cleansing chant or something that you can say in the shower to add a little bit of that energy to what you're doing. Say, you know, come up with a blessing before meals. Um, you know, spend a couple of minutes, um, you know, just just take a, take a moment. Take 10 seconds, 15 seconds when you first get in your car to head out on your commute to, you know, say a prayer or a blessing or a charm for a safe trip. Or, you know, I mean, there are things that you do every day that you can infuse energy into if you think about it. And the hardest part is the think about it part because you get into the habit of, well, I get in the car and I start it and I back out of the driveway and I drive to work and it can be hard to develop mm -hmm. that new habit, mm -hmm. but you can do it. And that is a way to do the stuff and just basically make the mundane magical. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's making the stuff that you're already doing into doing the stuff, you know, it's doing, yeah, yeah doing the stuff magically yeah, um, exactly. is a great way to think about it. Um, so thank you. This show has been brought to you by Phil, Silver Shadow, and Stephanie. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for those questions, folks. Please continue to send them in. Incitingabruhaha at gmail.com. Yep. We do have... We do have more, but... We have a lot more. We can always use even more. Keep sending them in. There's a whole lot to... There, there's, a, there's a whole lot of topics, and we've got a whole lot of shows ahead of us. So keep sending them in, and we would love to, uh, to answer those. Um, Veronica gave us a point of uh, correction. I just, I just pulled up her email because I didn't want to miss that. Go ahead. This one's directed to you. Okay, so on the last episode, I, I think it was the last episode, I, I, um, think so. I had talked about a 
No, it was the after show, I think, um, from from the last one. But I had talked about this British car show that I absolutely love, and they had done a special where they were driving on what's called the world's most dangerous road, which is in South America. And it is this little teeny tiny, like, maybe, maybe one and a half lane wide, two lane road that's like a dirt and gravel road way the hell up on the side of mountains that are basically sheer drop offs. And it's terrifying. And I actually have to look away when that episode comes on, even though I've seen it before. And I I'm know they all survived hearing about it. No, nope. it's yeah, it's really, really terrifying. Nope. So I had talked about it and I thought that it was the only road that went from point A to point B. And if you want to go, that's where you're going. So Veronica writes, Velma is called the world's most dangerous road only because they haven't closed it yet. And they make tons of money renting bikes, scooters, motorcycles, etc. It's not the only other, the only road. There are other options, alternative, bigger roads or flying. It's just one of the few roads connecting the Amazon, but there are others. People go on it just to say they did. They actually give you a t-shirt from what she's been told by her friends in South America. I, I can totally believe that. <laughs> it is, it, it's, it's insane. And if I was ever to lose my mind enough to decide that I wanted to be on that road, it you would be on your own doing that, my dear. It would be on like a Vespa going like <laughs> two miles an hour. Like that would be how I would do that. And I want to say it's in it's in Bolivia. I think I'm pretty sure it's Bolivia. Well, I can click the link she provided and tell you real quick. Da -da -da. She, did. she did. She says, "I know you don't like Wikipedia, but Lonely Planet South America." has the only other good description of this road. Did you click this? Because I feel like you clicked this already. I, I did not click it, actually. It is See? Bolivia. It, well, it no, I, I know that because this the, the Top Gear special is called the Bolivia special. So I was like, I assume that this is all in Bolivia. It is also known as the North Youngest Road. The I'm sure I'm butchering that name. Apologize to all Bolivians out there. Uh, Groves Road, the Road of Fate, or Death Road. I don't know. I might go on the Road of Fate. I don't know that I would go on the world's most dangerous <laughs> road. I definitely wouldn't go on Death Road. But I might go on the Road of Fate. But yeah, that if you if you look it up on Wikipedia, which, by the way, I don't really have a problem with Wikipedia. That's him. Um, <laughs> but if you if you go to Wikipedia and look up youngest road which is y-u-n-g-a-s the picture is oh, that terrifying looks, that looks pre pleasant no that looks pretty uh no all it's, the greenery and the shrubbery and look at all the trees oh honey let's go well when you consider the fact that like relatively large now we trucks, are looking like, at it face on like delivery trucks we are not seeing the sliver that it actually is it's and, not like an a, 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 an aerial shot it's, and buses Google. drive on this road and they pass each other on this road that's like oh god oh no <laughs> oh i googled image search youngest road no 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 yeah, oh hell no what is that why would you make this road Oh it's my terrifying. god! It's like the it's oh the, the the San Francisco the winding the curviest road in the whole bejesus world whatever that one yeah. mm -hmm. that it's like that but on a 
freaking mountain and about 800 times as big. Oh my God, why would you do such a stupid thing? Oh my God, look at the one with the van, like on the edge of the cliff and he's got bicycles. Yes. Oh my God, oh my God. Yes. See, yeah, beautiful. <gasps> oh my yeah. God. It's terrifying. And from from what I have seen, okay, there are lots Youngest and Rose, lots, I'm not going to Google it. Okay, there are lots and lots and lots of crosses. There is all a, over. There's a picture that somebody. T- oh God, I'm getting vertigo just looking at this. Okay, out of the passenger side window, mm-hmm. and he's like two like inches three, from the edge. Yes, from yep. the edge, which is a sheer drop off. Oh my God. Nope. I take back what I said. Nope. Not going. <laughs> uh-uh. No. 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 Oh my God. There's pictures of car accidents on this thing. Yes. See, you didn't understand what I said. There are parts of that episode that I can't watch oh my until God. you saw that. These it's two terrifying. giant buses are like going past each other. Why uh-huh. would you do such a stupid thing? Well, oh, especially, and- especially why would you do such a thing when now, thanks to Veronica, we know there's an alternate route. <laughs> like that's a time when you tell your GPS, no, no, I will take the alternate route. Thank you. Yes, it, your GPS, turn right onto Road of Death. No, thank like, you. Nope, alternate route, please. And then give reason for avoiding it. It asks for the reason why. It says yeah. instruction or traffic jam or something like that. I do not wish to become death. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then I love the montage of all the crosses. Yikes. Yeah. Thank you, Veronica, for the horrors and all of my nightmares now. Thank you. Appreciate (laughs) that. Yes. And thank you for telling me there's an alternate route. I am actually really, really glad to hear that there's an alternate route. And you know what? If I was ever to be on that road, I would want a hell of a lot more than a T-shirt when I finally got to La Paz. Yes. La Paz. Whatever. La Peace. Um, okay, so we did the uh, the email. You can tweet us. Yes, you can. My Twitter is twitter.com slash witchesbrouhaha or at witchesbrouhaha. And I am at inciting a riot. Um, you can see us. Yes. You can meet us, which yes. we can finally talk about because it's definitely happening. Yes. Yay. So. The weekend of September 8th uh, is Chicago Pagan Pride here in Chicagoland. Um, it is happening. Oh, how about I talk about something and not have the information on my screen? Let you me know, do that. I was sort of thinking that that might be where you were going with that. No, it is being held at a very interesting house. Um, I'm assuming that the Pagan Pride festivities are in, on the lawns. Yep. But it's a, it's a historic house in Oak Park. Illinois. Yep. Uh, on September 8th, 2013. That's this year, folks. Yep. Uh, from 11 his- to 6. Yep. From 11 to 6 uh, at Historic Pleasant Home on Mills Park. The address is 217 Home Avenue in Oak Park, Illinois, 60302. The time, like Velma said, is from 11 to 6. Now, why you need to be there is because we are going to be there in a tent <laughs> of our own. Yep. Being our amazingly witchy, super awesome selves. Uh Uh-huh. And you can be part of the show that we're going to be recording live at Chicago Pagan Pride. 
Yes, we do not have a time for this recording determined yet. Partially, that will be dependent on when the other things, the other festivities are happening and our desire to participate in other yes. activities. But, but it, we will not also, be, it will not be first thing. So we're going to give no, everybody at least I'm a couple of hours. Probably it'll in that, probably be bet- some, somewhere between like one and four. Right. Yeah, in that, that, that mid-afternoon time slot to give people enough time to to get there if you're traveling uh, to Oak Park um, and get parking. I will say get there early because I've gone a few times in the past. There is not like a parking lot. You are parking in a residential neighborhood and you're parking on a street. So if you want parking, this place does actually fill up fairly fast, especially if there's good weather that day. So, you know, come early. Stay the whole day. There's lots of things happening all day. Um, usually there's a canned food drive. There's a ton of vendors. Um, so it, it's it's a really fun time. I think we may actually be vending some things. I'll probably be bringing art uh, to do. Velma will be bringing her ghost fairies. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not bringing ghost fairies, but I am going to be bringing some things that I'm, I'm very excited about. And yes. I'm not going to I'm not going to say what they are yet. Um, but I'm I'm very very excited. You get to see her glowing moon boobs in person. <laughs> yes. So that's September eighth. Uh, so this is I mean you know like six weeks in advance. So I hope that this is enough time for you all to plan. So if you'd like to, we would love to have you there. Uh, the website for all of the information is chicagopaganpride.org. Mm-hmm. Uh, so definitely take a look. Oh, uh, Selena Fox. Yes. Is gonna be there. Actually, there's going to be a lot of people there. And I think she's leading the opening ritual. Mm-hmm. Um, there is an opening ritual and a closing ritual. I don't think she's doing both. I think she's doing the opening ritual and someone else is doing the closing ritual. She's also doing um, a workshop between 115 and 145 called Celebrating the Fall Equinox and Harvest Home. Uh, so she's actually going to be doing her own thing there. So that's a really cool uh, class, so um, you know, lots of yeah. other classes going on throughout the day. Lots, and of other... I have I have not poked around yet on the website to see what all else is is happening, but it looked like there was going to be a variety of stuff. So yes, absolutely, um, there will be entertainment. Uh, there is a guy that goes by uh, Serlin the Wizard. He was at another uh, event. Oh, actually, um, I will be here in a few weeks on. Oh, let me look. August something. August 17th, I want to say, um, at the uh, uh, Pagan Pride thing in Rockford, Illinois, uh, on that day. And I'm talking about stuff that I don't have dates for right now in front of me. I apologize. Um, but he was there. <laughs> he was there last year, and he was very entertaining. Uh, he's a magician, but he dresses up as a wizard. He's very... Uh, kid friendly so um he's really fun but there's lots of other things going on there's belly dancers there's bands there's uh music and food there's a huge list of vendors wow that's a lot yes yeah there's a lot there's a lot going on um so uh, just to talk about that little event that i'm i'm going to be a part of uh there's something called proud to be pagan day um so proud to be pagan day is going to be on august 17th don't Um, do that yep and i will be there it's an all-day event so come on uh it's going to be at the unitarian universalist church in rockford illinois 
lots of vendors, lots of speakers, music, food. It's a fun time. I'll also be there selling my art that day. Velma would not be there. <laughs> no, the only one I'm going to be, I, I will be at is the Chicago Pagan Pride on September 8th. So, but still come see me. <laughs> it's a fun time. Um, we are not listed on the vendors, but no. we, will, we will be no, we're there. A, we're a special surprise. Um, <laughs> anything else we need to chat about? I don't think so. I think that's it. Okay, perfect. Um, all right, then, witches. Thank you so much. It's thank been you, a pleasure. You. If you'd like this pleasure to continue, please, oh, sweet mother, send us your email. Send us pictures of your altar. I kind of want to see those. That might be a fun little thing. I can throw, we don't, we don't have a show blog, but I have a blog and I can throw the, the pictures up there. So if, if the listeners of Inciting a Brouhaha want to send us pictures of their altars, uh, since we talked about it today, that would be really fun. Or their witchy, their magical space. Yes, their witchy magical the, the, space. The witchy room that wherever that, you uh, meditate. If you're an atheist and you listen to the show, wherever you, uh, I don't know, eat babies. Um, if, <laughs> if you're a Christian, wherever you read your Bible. Um, Where, wherever you say your rosary. Wherever you say your rosary, if you're Catholic, absolutely. Um, if you are a Pastafarian, wherever you put your noodly appendage. Uh, no, I don't want pictures of that. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I, nope. So thank you, witches. It's been a pleasure. Tweet us, email us. Uh, please comment, rate the show on iTunes. We could definitely use your stars, bump us up in the ratings, help other people to find us. It's been a blast, but we got to go. So later, witches. Bye.